11 o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. Coming up in 45 minutes, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. You'll hear them live on your official broadcast partner for the Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. We'll get to the trash of the day here in about 15 minutes or so as well. I think you're like on a, on a throwback music kick so far this week. I, it's a little different vibe from you. A little, a little different vibe this week yeah, so far. Yeah, a little far. bit older. Uh, some Bruce Springsteen, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. I, just, I noticed that. I noticed it uh, Monday. I noticed it today. I guess I could have made that a random question. What's the musical artist that people are obsessed with that you don't get? I think Bruce oh. Springsteen's mine, probably. Yeah, but I don't know if like, like he's I, fine. I'm, not, I'm not but obs- I'm like like obsessed with him. Like oh. like Dusty's that's Dusty's guy. And a lot um, of people, it but, is Dusty's it, guy. But I like I I don't mind Bruce Springsteen at all though. Like I I, I don't I don't, I don't mind it. Do I like? don't understand the obsession with it. Do you understand? But people would say like the same those thing. are different. There's well, a people, ton of that, right? Like Dave Matthews Band, Pete's obsessed. I think they got some couple good songs, right? You're I don't like, know cool, why you're crashing. Upset. Into me. We, 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 went, we went to the Dave Matthews Band conf- concert in uh, with Arizona Pete. with Pete for the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> and I was, remember, I told you I was disappointed because what song did they not play? Crash? Yeah. Is that what they didn't play? I think it was Crash they didn't do. They it. didn't play one of the That's hits. to me like their, their biggest hit, one of their biggest hits. But the diehard nuts, you know, Dave Matthews Band fans, they don't want to hear Crash. But they he hit you hear with his, like a little baby brown. Of course. He did whatever yeah. you needed. You know, yeah, you yeah, got yeah. your Dave Matthews fix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone says Jimmy Buffett on the text line. I think yeah. that you just got to be kind of like an he, old stoner he, type. To pa- really he passed away in the last like three months, didn't he? Six months, three months. Yeah, sometime yeah. last year. I feel like Taylor Swift is in that category for, for a lot of people. For a lot of people. Yeah. Taylor Swift, just, she's good, but you know, it's not everywhere. Yeah. I mean. Then there's the ones that I get. They'd be like, why does everyone like Beyonce so much? I'm like, what don't you like? What, what's there not to like? <laughs> Incredibly talented, gorgeous. You're like, yeah, no, that all tracks. All of that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Think about it. There's definitely, there's definitely, everybody's got one or two. They're just like, I don't get why somebody likes blank group or artist. Yeah, might, or might be cold play, whatever. Doesn't, I'm, <laughs> there's lots of bands over the course of time in which this makes yeah. sense. I'm not getting back into my nineties music take. Cause that's firmly going to land somewhere I, in this conversation. That was, um, we've all had terrible takes that, that one was, that was one of the one I worst. got buried for the most. That was one. I, not, I actually 90s think nineties music. music I actually think is very good. I think it's extremely influential as well. I'll be honest. It wasn't just areas. that I said, I hate nineties music and which I excluded nineties rap and R and B by the way, in this stance. Mm. Um, Cause I think that's all great. Um, <laughs> but it was, it might've been the gusto in which I said it from my soul. Cause I had said nineties <laughs> music is the worst decade. This is exactly how I said it on Twitter. And then we waited for the responses. 90s music is the worst decade of music out of any of them. I'd rather listen to the 2000s, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s. the fi- And I went back. Like, I just kept going decades back. That was not a popular take. No. Textland says, <laughs> I never actually understood why people like Cody Tapp's music. <laughs> Fair. Not everyone does. In Fair. Fairness. It, uh, it, it's an acquired it taste. It does not all have right. universal appeal. It's an so acquired, it acquired taste. Uh, anyway, all right, let's get back to the Chiefs and, and the Bills. I, these two teams, I think, are similar in a ton of different ways. Like, we, we can talk play style on defense and what they have to do to win. We can do that if you want. I also just think they're similar with the decision that both teams made. We have said it over and over about the Chiefs. But I think the same thing can be said about the Bills, where they, once they had their backs against the wall, going into that Chiefs game, really, and they did fire Ken Dorsey, they recognize that, hey, they're also not the same offense with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis to go and just put up 40 points. They're not that same offense, just like we've said the Chiefs aren't that same offense. I I think there's similarity there that they were willing to recognize, hey, if they want to keep playing football games into the postseason, and they did, that they have to be a little more reliant on 
cook and running the ball and, and being willing to do that versus the bigger plays. And we know the Chiefs did the same. I think these teams are near carbon copies. I mean, really break it down at every single level before these two teams take each other on. And I'll tell you what the one difference is here in just a minute. They're nearly carbon copies. They both um, give up the run at a mediocre pace. They are currently ranked 15th and 16th in the NFL in yards allowed. They have now the Bills secondary is hurt. But to this point, they both had very good secondaries who were good at limiting passing yards against. They are both top five defenses. They are both, you're right, not the same offense they were before. They both have elite playmakers at quarterback. They are two and three in total sacks from a defensive standpoint. So they get to the passer in general. They have running backs they didn't use enough and now do, as you had pointed out in Pacheco and Cook. These two teams are really really similar. The difference might be coaching style. And Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott is off of the Andy Reid tree. If you want to add to that element, he's off the Andy Reid tree, but I still think an, you know, an underrated advantage still and mismatch is still the McDermott, Andy Reid. Anytime they face off with each other. I I know McDermott beat Andy Reid. I'm not saying he can't win. He's one of the regular season. He just did, uh, um, you know, a month and a half ago or whatever. But I, I still think there is a major discrepancy I think that when between you look, McDermott and Andy Reid from a coaching standpoint. Yeah, I, I think we could have almost a whole separate conversation just based on that alone because that might be the single biggest advantage other than what rest that they might have over yeah. Buffalo in yeah. this game because, again, that is a pretty uh, sizable advantage. Someone on the text line said, what are they in giveaways? Exactly the same. They are tied for 23rd in the league. These two teams... Play the same. They've been careless with the ball. They couldn't figure out who their weapons were. They played really good defense the whole time, but they were trying to win every game 20-17. to The Chiefs just were better at overcoming that until they kind of found themselves a little bit. Then the Bills rattled off, I think, now six wins in a row based on that. I really feel like because of that, the similarities between these two, it feels like this game is coming down to just one thing right at the end. Who is the last team to make a big mistake because they both have made them all year? Or who's the last team to have the ball last with the lead? And I know that that sounds like an oversimplification of the game, but I almost in no way perceive this game as being a blowout. I just feel like it's coming down to the bitter damn end just based on how close and similar these two teams are. That's usually how these playoff matchups go. We get regular season, the Bills have... And the division around more, so the wild card round was just a joke. Yeah, I mean, the the regular season matchups, the Bills, of course, have the Chiefs number in some of those, uh, and, and they've sometimes not been close. But it is hard to imagine. I think these are very close teams, uh, similar styles, but also just close in, in terms of overall quality and the mistakes. And, you know, everyone wants to mention the the flaws of the Chiefs, and we have gone through them plenty for the last four months. Um, the Bills are still a flawed football team as well. And, and that is one thing that I, I, I don't know if it gets talked about enough outside of Kansas City when people nationally are discussing these two teams. And then as we led the show with yesterday, Cody, like everybody, we're talking about the, the road uh, trip for the first time for Mahomes. And yeah, it's a storyline. It's fun. I told you, I, I enjoy that aspect of it. I also think we know that Mahomes has had better touchdown numbers, has better yardage, completion percentage, virtually the same record on the road as at home. So, you know, the, this notion that, oh my gosh, once Mahomes has to go into a raucous environment on the road in the playoffs, oh no, what's he going to do? Like, I don't know if he's going to win or not. I can't predict that. I feel very good about their chances, but I also know Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be 
way different as a quarterback just because he's going to Buffalo. Like, oh, well, it's cold. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't play in cold weather games. You know, the one that felt yeah. 35 degrees colder than what it's going to be <laughs> in Buffalo on Sunday night. Now the text line is just digging for, like, stats. Like, hey, look this one up and see if they're close. Red zone touchdown percentage from the 6 2 Those are actually mm-hmm. a difference. Buffalo is fifth best in the NFL at 62%. The Chiefs are 19th. So there you have it. The Chiefs defense is also better than Buffalo's. It is. I'm not saying, like, no team can be exact. But this is as close as two teams can get. Like, it's just as close as two teams can get from a performance standpoint from, like, what you said. Right around the time they faced each other and what they realized about themselves in that moment, which was, oh, man, we can't keep doing this thing. We can't keep trying to, like, force it to these different players and figure it out. And maybe the Bills, to a point, have figured out Gabe Davis wasn't the answer and instead they should get it to Khalil Shakir, who's had a nice overall year for them. And I get it. They're not the same because Josh Allen's running and all this stuff, but... They discovered themselves more be, as the season went on. It should be an epic game Sunday night. I mean, I I would be stunned if it's anything other than that. I think this is this is fun. The divisional round weekend is one of the best sports weekends of the year. When you look at the quality of teams that are always available once you get to divisional rounds, and we we'll have you know tomorrow we can talk more about some of the other games too. But yeah, this is you know probably a game. I Drew said yesterday he thought the Chiefs should be favored in this game. We know the Chiefs are two and a half point underdogs. This is probably a coin flip. You know really a, a pick em type of game. If we're being honest with ourselves. Yeah. Like my, I, I think when, like when I got asked about this, um, like my wife was like, Hey, what are the chances the bills win? Right. Um, 50, 50. I was like, this, this feels like the most toss it up in the air game gold. Like I, I don't have a good sense of it game. Um, as in, I don't think one team is definitively better than the other. One team is at home. And there's an advantage in being at home. But then there's also like the rumors that they might not be able to practice for part of the week. And the Chiefs have more rest. So I think that balances out a little bit of the home stuff heading into the game. Which again, equalizes it once again. And then we're there. And then this weekend, I told you earlier, I think one of the things the Bills have a problem with, one of their biggest matchup problems is, is that they don't have anybody who can guard Travis Kelsey. Some teams have more or more equipped to do it. But because of all the injuries the Bills have suffered, Travis Kelsey really did work against him the first time. He's been good against him in almost every matchup that they've had over the last three years. And I expect him to be good against them again. But then in addition to that, I'll be honest. I think Travis is going to have a little extra juice for his boy, Jason, this week. Hmm. I know that Jason Kelsey has not officially retired. By the way, that's important to note. Adam Schefter yesterday had said he told the team he was retiring. This was him on New Heights earlier in which he said that announcement or that decision hasn't fully been made yet. You know, Nick kind of gave me an opportunity to talk. I didn't announce what I was doing on purpose, despite, I guess, what's been leaked to the media. I just don't think you're in a position after a game like that to really make that decision. I just don't. There's too much emotion in the moment to really fully grasp that decision. I'm not trying to be dramatic and continue to draw this thing out. I'm really not. It's just something that I think, uh, you know, when it's time to officially announce you know, what's happening in the future. It'll be done in a, in, in a way that's, you know, definitive and pays respect to a lot of people and uh, individuals that have meant a lot to me and has led to the career I've had. You know, I don't think that it would be uh, respectful or even accurate uh, to be able to do that right after a game like that. Yeah. But I did address the team and pretty much said the same thing that, I just said to you, which is, you know, I got belief in every single one of you guys, you know, cherish the moment you have in this league. A lot of guys like, you know, if that is your last game, I feel sorry for you. I'm like, yo, don't feel sorry for me, motherfucker. <laughs> I had a 
Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, man. The end is important there because you can hear him almost complete the sentence. I had a great career. Like he, I think in the listening to him talk, the way he acts on the sideline, he probably is going to retire. I'd actually be really stunned at this point. If a week from now he woke up and he was like, you know what? I do want to keep playing football, but I think Travis, because of what that relationship meant, like going back to the college days and the fact that he wore 87, cause that was the years, but all that stuff. I really do think Travis is going to play with some extra juice for this game specifically. I don't think I can carry you for a whole postseason, but I think I'll have something extra for Jason this week against Buffalo. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, that's that's hard to predict or say. Hard to quantify. I, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I hear where your mind is going with it. Where I I could see why that might be the the thought. Um, that's just yeah, that's just hard for me to like to to think that that's going to lead to the breakout performance or, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. I, I can't tell you. And I, I don't think we'll have any. <laughs> well, and even if he goes for 160 yeah, yards, yeah, I can't yeah, just be like, see, I told you yeah, it was because just, of Jason, unless he says it in post game. Right. Sure. Yeah. I just, and the fact that he hasn't retired, I doubt he's going to, I mean, is he going to say it's, well, your brother hasn't officially retired. So I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, we, we yeah. thought going into last week's game, he was going to be fresh and healthy and have a big time performance. He had a very nice game. Could have had a huge hundred plus yard game if he didn't drop a couple passes. So it's hard. So it's hard. So it's hard to say he was definitely more involved in the offense early than he had been the last couple weeks. Was that just, you know, the Dolphins defense, you know, making some mistakes and also uh, just not being a very good uh, scheme against Travis Kelsey. We shall see. We know with all the linebacker injuries uh, for, for the Buffalo Bills in this particular game, I mean, I, you're going to clearly have advantage. to put you're going to clearly have to put corners on them and and try to double team them like other teams have done. I briefly mentioned the weather just a minute ago. Tracy Wilson just like two minutes ago tweeted out um, that she's been following the weather as part of her reporting duties for CBS this week. Says Buffalo expected to get dumped on again today with snow. Practice reportedly could actually be in jeopardy because of the travel bans. Game day weather is supposed to be cold but dry. There's a chance Buffalo won't get to actually practice this week in the lead up to Kansas City. Yeah, McDermott yesterday said that they have plans Ooh. in place to make sure people can get where they need to go. I don't know what that means. So it's hard for me to believe that they're just not going to practice all week. I just I don't know if I buy that. Um, but yes, it's a factor. The game itself will not be a problem. But they're expecting like three three more feet of snow or two more feet of snow. Two more feet. Yeah, feet. Feet, feet. of snow. We complain in this city when we get six inches of Correct. snow. Two feet. Buffalo is just a, is a whole different ball game up there. But I don't the think game, the game's going to be fine. Like I'm not worried. Like the game's going to it's going to be cold, right? And it's not it's not going to be nearly as cold, and the snow's going to be gone. I'm I'm not worried about that. But yeah, you got to wonder uh, how does it impact practice potentially for for Buffalo. Well, I mean, it might. It very well might affect their ability to get ready for this game. And the Chiefs got to start preparing for Buffalo at like halftime. Did you hear? I mean, I don't remember God, which coach was it that just admitted this. Oh, uh, Shanahan. They asked Shannon, like, hey, when did you start preparing for the Packers instead of Cowboys at halftime? It's like, I just switched over. What do you mean? It's 27 nothing. Like, no reason to lie here. The second it was like 21 nothing Buffalo, you're like, okay. Whatever small amount of time we were spinning on some Steelers tape, we're not spinning on Steelers tape anymore. We're throwing that tape out the window, and we're only focused on Buffalo. The Chiefs got that same advantage. Well, yeah, the, the, yeah, they were wondering if they were going to play the Texans or the or the uh, or the, or the Bills. Tex- not the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the Texans. Are Either the, way, you can tear up the, the Steelers the, tape the second you get halfway yeah. through that Buffalo Bills game. Yeah, again, we'll hear from Andy in about twenty five minutes or so and see if anybody asks him like, "When did you?" And same same type of question that Kyle Shanahan got. I'd be curious to see. He's not going to tell admit. He's going to say we yeah. always prepare for both until we know for sure. Yeah, well, we didn't know who. What's we were the playing. percentage though? Give me a split. You know, from the beginning, yes. it must have been like 80-20. They had to, yeah. 
Bills versus Yeah, if you were to Texans. get a true honest answer, 73. They had to have already kind of been leaning a little bit more towards, oh, let's get let's get prepped for. By the way, these teams, even though they're different since they last played, the Bills and Chiefs know each other so well, though. I mean, they, they play once or twice a year every single year. And even though these teams are different every single year, and certainly this year in particular, just a different team. I mean, it, they're, they're just, they know each other so well. Joe Brady was the OC even when the Chiefs played earlier. So it's not even like you can say, well, the last time you played, they had different a different OC. OC. No, it's right. still the guy that replaced the guy before, Ken Dorsey. The Chiefs clearly are the same as his staff as well. Trash of the day. All right, we'll stay with football for this one. We know that oh, the, rare sports trash the, yeah, the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to go up to Detroit to take on the Lions, where it's the most expensive divisional round game as well. Standing room only tickets are going for over $700 for Lions and Bucks, and the Lions have an unbelievable shot to go to an NFC title game and either go to San Francisco or host the Green Bay Packers if they beat the Bucks. And the Bucks are one of the surprises of the postseason as well. And so Todd Bowles was asked by a reporter, you know, hey, how are you getting ready for the game? Coach, you, you. Uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. I don't um, no, nothing <laughs> planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus, going under the thing, so we'll be okay. <laughs> so, oh, man, uh, that's kind of embarrassing. This, this reporter has to be embarrassed. Woo. She asked about the weather when the Lions played inside a dome for, I don't know, 50 years or whatever it has been at this point. I think what happened, because you and I have – been at press conferences before in the past where they're short on staff or the producer or assignment editor says hey go do a story about the weather for this blank game and unfortunately it's not a sports person that's asking the question which clearly obviously clearly is what's going on here and so put her in about made her yeah it made her look awful made her look stupid and it put her in a terrible spot and clearly it was not a good question whatsoever um, you gotta look it up though i'm sorry i understand I that know. she's probably a news reporter at a strap local tv station that's sending out non-sports people to cover this stuff like we sadly see occur uh-huh. in a lot of local television i get it but just look up where they play yeah before you decide on the weather you're like what'd you do just quick googled weather in detroit saw it was cold and they're like well i'll do a story about the weather in detroit this weekend they play in a dome they play in a dome for a very very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you missed that. Todd one. Bowles held it together. He was trying not to like laugh. He's just like He did make I a face. Don't know what I don't you know what he's like, say. We only gotta be outside for the ten seconds it takes to get in the building. I think that'll probably be fine. You're like, oh, oh, oh no. Yeah. By the way, I'd leave that press conference. That just from a pure embarrassment. Like I'm done for the <laughs> right day. Right then? That's it for me. You just get it. I'd Mike out? Tomlin that thing. I'm done. We're done here. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm out. I can't. I can't stand in that room with everyone also, else. Also, that means that you need a new. You need a new story for the five o'clock news because you can't do the weather story anymore in Detroit. That thing's done. No, you can't embarrass yourself. No, I mean, it's like the whole thing's done. Yeah, I, I, she, she clearly got put in a bad spot, but that's it's embarrassing. Very embarrassing. You ever ask something like just 
flat out wrong. I've asked a couple of wrong things. I've I also talked to the wrong player. <laughs> I thought I was talking to one player sitting in someone's locker. I thought it was yeah. Ray Sanchez because he was sitting in Ray Sanchez's locker. Yeah, I can see it. Kind of no, looked I, a little I, like Ray Sanchez. I could see that. How that Not Ray Sanchez. We got about three questions into that interview, mm-hmm. and it got real awkward super fast. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, we've all asked bad questions before. Um, I don't know if one that comes to mind immediately, but yeah, we've all asked poorly worded or, or bad questions, or whatever. Not knowing who you're talking to is funny, though. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> that is. That's that's a good. One. Not not knowing at all. Um, yeah, that's that's a really good one. I just I feel I almost like. Sometimes I love I don't want to say the reporter's name since she's a chick. I have no idea who the reporter is. I none of, we live in Kansas City. I don't know the who the reporter is in Tampa. I have no idea. I'm not trying to protect her. I can yeah, tell I you. I have that. no idea. Um, <laughs> I have no interest in like digging it up. I don't like I don't care enough to know the reporter's name. I, I don't know why it matters either way. I mean, this first headline just says Bucks Todd Bowles bewildered over <laughs> 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 question. Yeah, I, I have I no idea say. who the reporter is. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, we can bury her if you want. I don't really care. There's no what was the name of that? Like, how many reporters' names do you remember for their like epic flaws? Only just that one. Um, yeah. What was a Spanish-speaking reporter that everybody talked about for a while that like embarrassed himself on an NFL sideline? I can't remember his name. Oh, I, it's like on the tip of my tongue because I, I can picture him right now. Oh, he was having, you know, Vance Joff is having the time of his life. <sighs> you know what I'm talking about. I know. Right? I, I can picture the guy. <sighs> I can't. I can picture the guy. I can't. Right I can't. Like, that's the thing. It's like, even if I mention it, it's like, I'm only going to remember it for a few minutes to bear. When I say, I, I'm looking it up. When I say his name, like, I found it. You're going to remember it immediately. Oh, yeah. Sergio Dip. Sergio Dip. <laughs> that's it. That was the reporter there. Sergio uh, Dip. I believe, right? I believe that was, yeah, Sergio Dip. Was I don't one. know that situation you guys are talking about, actually. Really? It was happened in 2017, so the, the game was in um, Mexico City, right? Was it yeah. a Monday night game? And it was, yeah. you know, so you had ESPN Deportes was there as well. And this reporter clearly hadn't really, you know, anyway, he, he was basically talking about Vance Joseph having the time of his life, but just the whole thing was, I don't, have the, I, don't have, I don't have the audio anymore in the system. Otherwise, I'd play it for you and you understand why it became a very funny moment. Um, <laughs> mm. yeah. like he just, he just bombed. Like, let's just put like, he just, he bombed as a performance. <laughs> so real bad. Yeah. You'll have to look it up. It was probably uh, like six or seven years ago. Drew. 2017. Yeah. It's okay. 2017. Oh, man, it's so good. So good. Hadn't thought about Sergio uh, dipping a while, no, had you? No, I definitely have not. All right, coming up next, though, the quarterbacks remaining in the postseason. One is clearly different than the rest. Plus, we'll head out and hear from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold, every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It is the Chiefs Red Half Hour. Reminder, in about 10 minutes, we'll head out to Arrowhead, going to hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Thinking of Mahomes, you look at the quarterbacks remaining in the AFC. Mahomes, Lamar, Jackson, C.J. Stroud, Josh Allen. And on the NFC side, it's Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Jordan Love, and Brock Purdy. So, obviously, one of these is different than everybody else. With his Super Bowl rings, Patrick Mahomes, obviously not the case for anybody else remaining. They have zero rings. In the postseason. Yeah, zero. They have a combined... Matter of fact, everyone else combined has two MVP trophies, and I'm pre-giving Lamar his one for a couple of weeks from now. Patrick Mahomes has more Super Bowl MVPs than 
MVPs or any other high award out of any of the rest of them combined. They're all first-round picks, though. Who's the biggest threat? I'm not even talking about threat for, like, right now for this one game, but knowing, looking at the crop of quarterbacks, like, who out of this group, who do you still think? We know Burrow's not in the postseason, but, like, who's, who's still over the next three to five years the bigger threat to prevent Mahomes from getting his next ring or two? Allen, right? One, he stands in the way this year and at home for the first time. And I understand when I answer Allen, I can be proven wrong in five days. I can look like an idiot. Like, just like. Because he'd be 0-3 against Mahomes for the playoffs. A hundred hours from now, I could look like a big dum-dum because the second he would take him down on a Sunday, that conversation is surely dead. He would have had his chance to beat him in the postseason again. And this time, as you mentioned, on his own home field. If it's not him, I think I'd actually give it to Lamar. I think that this is where he gets underserved a little bit. No, Lamar has not made a conference title game. No, Lamar has not won a Super Bowl. At least he's a two-time MVP. That's more than anyone else can say on this list. You know? Yeah. I mean, and, and look at some of these guys. He's still in his original team. George, you know, like Jared Goff's team didn't like him enough to keep him. Baker Mayfield. I mean, we're not even having really entertaining that conversation. One guy's yeah. Mr. Irrelevant. One guy sat it's, three or four full years uh, behind Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's just asking a lot. I think the answer would obviously be Lamar Jackson well, second, unless you're just a big C.J. Stroud guy. Yeah, well, it has to be an AFC quarterback because you're not worrying about the NFC. It's in the Super Bowl, right? Jared Goff is 2-0. and and Baker Mayfield, by the way, his only playoff loss is to the Chiefs and Chad Henney. Um, so I'm not worried about uh, his only playoff yeah, loss is to Chad Henney. Love it. That's fantastic. He's probably going to get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, by the way, the Super Bowl we should be rooting for the NFC side is Chiefs-Lions. Rematch oh, yeah. from opening night. That's the most fun one. That would be incredible. It would yeah. also be about 80% Lions fans. Yes. Sorry, Chiefs fans. I love you. Yeah, but you know what, Cody? Let's just be honest Cody, here you know what? Is that a point that I don't know if it matters who the, cha- the, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs play. Um, if they got to a Super Bowl, the fan breakdown, I think it would be at least 60-40 the opponent no matter who they play. If it was Packers, it would be 80-20. I'm not sure the Bucks have enough fans, but sure. I, okay, I guess, yeah, the Bucks just aren't going to get there. But you're right, you're right. Uh, but so That's the one exception. Between the Lions, Packers, and 49ers, I think that it would be 70-30 those, you know, in favor of those teams. Kind of how it was in the Eagles in the last one. It Didn't was. Stop the Chiefs that was, like you and I, I mean, that, that was still it was jarring. walking through the concourse. Also, do any of the teams, other than Go Pack Go, I guess, do any of the other teams remaining in the NFC have anything as annoying as spelling out the nickname of their team like Eagles fans do? I don't I'll think never, so. That'll be embedded in yeah. my brain forever. Also, the silence in which they possessed right after that game. Yeah. They did a lot, was a lot of, of that stuff. chanting there, though, for like eight consecutive hours inside of that stadium. That was the only thing you heard. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles, every time. Yeah, you know my stance. Eight straight hours. You know my stance on that, just the chant in general. You don't think chant should be spelled? Y- yes. You don't think it's the, a spelling bee? Yes. This, whether it's the <laughs> Eagles, any other college that does it. I, it's, yeah, it's, to me, it's very dumb. You prefer the, the Jets do it. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. That's also not even a hard one to spell. <laughs> yeah, the Jets. Jets? Why are we spelling that? Yeah, I just, yeah, I just don't get it. Like, we, you know. Anyway, I'm glad I'm glad we don't in Kansas City walk around the concourse going C H I E F S. I also think that this one, you know, you and I actually both... has a has a. <laughs> no. It's just like the Eagles. I'm just I know saying. it's, 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 it's very dumb, similar. Though. Anyway, it's got to flow. Back to the back to the, the conversation. Yeah, I don't know that. I, I, like I think if Josh Allen loses, there's no real big threat. Yeah, I I think Stroud though honestly has a chance. If if Mahomes beats Josh Allen, 
And, he, and, and Allen is 0-3 against Mahomes in playoff games. And, and you have to be careful with quarterback win-loss records in the playoffs because Josh Allen did nothing wrong in the 13-second game. Right, He was incredible. He was perfect. It wasn't he was his honest fault. to God It perfect. was Sean McDermott and their dumb decisions. And then Mahomes was incredible as well, the Grim Reaper stuff, right? So I, I, it's not even so much on Allen, but... I think if Allen were to lose, then you in, in CJ Stroud would probably still have to upset Lamar for me to give you the answer that it's Stroud, right? Like if CJ Stroud beat Lamar this weekend and Mahomes beat Allen, then I think Stroud becomes the answer of like, oh, that's going to be the guy that might be more of a problem over the next five years. But the thing with the Texans, even though they're so well positioned, they have a long ways to go to build up the roster, even though they have the assets to do it, to build up the roster to where they're they're the same level of roster where we look at the Niners and the Chiefs and these other teams. Now, they're, they got a head start because they got the coach, they got a defensive end, they got the quarterback. So the tough job is done. Head start. The three most important things are covered. Yeah. And uh, I guess elite pass catcher would normally be the next thing, and it sure seemed like uh, Tank Dell was pretty They've also good. got the left tackle with Laramie Tunsil. So. Yeah. Well, boy, they are really, uh, really covered in the key category department. But again, I... I think C.J. Stroud is great. He looks like he might be the goods. And in his first ever playoff game, he played nearly perfect. If you statistically looked at his regular season versus some of the other guys who have had really, really good regular seasons in their first year, Justin Herbert put just as good as stats in the regular season. Maybe he just didn't have the coach and D'Amico Ryans is, you know? I got to see more out of Stroud before I put him above Lamar, before I put him above Allen, before I put him above Burrow, not a guy in the playoffs, but having that conversation. Stroud's just got to prove it for at least, and quarterback, you can change quick. You don't have to prove it that long to me, but you got to prove it for at least another year before or go on a deep, deep run this year. All right, coming up next, we're heading out to Arrowhead. Going to hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes right here on 610 Sports Radio.